0: Welcome to Catalyst Podcast. Catalyst is an inclusive podcast that prioritizes Black Indigenous healing while combating socialized mindsets. Within the space of decolonizing and deconstructing, Catalyst taps in ancestrally, intuitively, and with a community-based approach in order to disrupt oppressive paradigms. I'm Nike Oria, a creative consultant and an ancestral disruptor, and I help others create safer, healing spaces that are inclusive and reduce harm, especially for Black and Indigenous women plus and fans. Welcome to the space. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Catalyst. I'm Nike, your host, and I'm so excited you're here today. Um, Let's first address the major thing, the name change from Pretty Intuitive to Catalyst. Honestly, y'all, I love the name Pretty Intuitive. I think it's such a vibe. I think it's such a a description of like who i am to be honest but catalyst is also a huge description of who i am and for a really long time i was the debating the name change i didn't know if it was like something that was necessary but i just wanted something to reflect the space that we are creating as a group um as a community and i think catalyst is really really reflective of that of like shifting the narrative, shaking things down and like igniting something to propel us and to change and that fuels our determination and all that good stuff. So the name Pretty Intuitive though is not going away. I think I'm going to transition my shop to it. There's just so many different transitions. My shop name, if you didn't know, I have a crystal jewelry shop and it was just my it was just Nike, Aurea. Um, I think I'm going to transition that to Pretty Intuitive and then the podcast to Catalyst. I really want this podcast to draw people who are ready to ignite change, who are ready to not uh, assimilate to the things that we've been socialized to and are ready to question it and to have these conversations and engage in dialogue that supports our liberation. So I'm so excited um, and thank you so much for still being here with me and for being a part of it all. So welcome to Catalyst. Also, I just wanna thank um, my cover photo. I made the cover photo, but the person who took like me, the photo is Erin from um, Piranha Portraits, which she's just amazing. She does amazing work and literally it also, that photo shoot was a catalyst for me changing the name of the podcast to Catalyst. I literally did it at the airport after that photo shoot. So yeah. Um, okay. And also I know I've been gone for a little bit, the retreat, chef's kisses. It was amazing. Literally. It was amazing. There was so, so much stuff happened and maybe I'll do an episode in depth into that, but yeah, um, it was honestly like one of the best experiences that I've ever had. And I'm so thankful for everyone who came. I'm just like so genuinely grateful for the people who came and made it so special, so transformative and so, it was just so needed. So um, yeah. Thank y'all for coming. Thank y'all for being a part of it. Thank you for the virtual goers as well. So happy that you were able to participate in it. And um, I'm really excited to start planning the next one. So yes, I got a couple of questions. There will be another one um, soon this coming year. And I just can't wait. So yay. <laughs> um But yeah, I took a little bit of a break because um, the retreat happened. Then actually I, I was actually working too. So then I went back to work and then it's like summer break still. So I decided to take a vacation off and now I'm fully into my vacation, but I just took a vacation from like work. So right now with my coaching, with my services and with, will the podcast also be uploading, but I'm just officially on vacation until the end of July and then we'll get back into it. So thank you so much for bearing with me and, you know, allowing us to take breaks. I am very dedicated to this podcast. I love recording it. So I would never be gone for long. Um, I just try to, follow the natural patterns of breaks, if you haven't noticed. So like, or not the natural patterns, but the patterns that we've been socialized with school. So like summer break, winter break. spring break, fall break, so that's just a reflection, but oh my gosh, we're like 106 episodes, that's crazy, I did not do a grand episode announcement party extravaganza for the 100th episode, really, but um, I'm just like so in awe that we're here. Um, My 100th episode was Combating Perfectionism, which I guess in my head was like, This is the meat of it all, but yeah. Um, Okay. Sorry, I had to sip some tea because we're going to get into some tea. (laughs) I'm kidding. But today's episode, I'm really, really excited to kind of dive into and to kind of navigate with y'all. This is something that came up at the retreat, actually. And so I've just been thinking about this topic a lot and thinking about how to hold space for it but also explain to people why it can be super harmful and still continue the pain of trauma when it comes to black and indigenous healing um but let's just get into it let's name it white guilt ding (laughs) i'm like not gonna add it so I did my own sound effect, but first I want to define what white guilt is. And the reason why this is coming up because with the ancestor healing retreat, um, we were talking about ancestor healing and there was actually more women of color and femmes than there were white people at the retreat. And so that already shifted the energy and, in many ways but there was a lo- there was a quick level of comfort for women of color and the fans that were there where we just did not mask and we authentically spoke and were honest and we're straightforward and we didn't feel in danger um, in doing so which i've never seen in a spiritual space ever I've been in a lot of healing containers, a lot of um spiritual spaces. And, and I well, no, I'll reframe. I've seen that in a spiritual space, but um, it was a all black <laughs> spiritual space. I'm a part of a group that's um that's dedicated to black healing, black femme and women plus healing. And so that's the only space where I've seen this replicated. Any other space I've been that's been diverse, meaning a a lot of different people from retreats to um, other healing containers like yoga classes and meditations and everything. You don't see the level of comfort when it comes to women of color because whiteness is very centered and white comfort is centered immediately. Um, Even regardless of what the teacher might identify with, because even if you're not white, you could still uphold white supremacy and you could still center whiteness in your practices and in your spaces, if you're not conscious of it, because we have been socialized to do so. So, off the bat, that shifted the energy and it made it very raw, Um, which raw to me feels good, but it could be really unsettling to people who are not used to it. but the topic of guilt came up because everyone was being really honest and authentic about the experience and we were sharing about our traumas we were sharing about our tribulations we were sharing about you know our pain but also like our intersectionalities we were sharing about our experiences and um I think that could be really overwhelming for white people too especially when there's so many people of color who are openly and willingly sharing their lived experiences. White people don't usually get witness to that. They don't really see that, especially in person. So the you could see the white guilt manifest. And so what is white guilt? What is guilt, first of all? Guilt is like our response of doing to doing something wrong. Like we can feel guilt when we are have perceived that we have done something wrong um it can apply that there's something within the dynamic that is broken it informs us that we have failed our own expectations or the expectations that are surround us Um, but also guilt in a positive sense can also mean that we care for Um, others in our space and we're responsible for the way that we treat them and we respond to them I don't think guilt and especially the topic of white guilt is necessarily negative I think sometimes we talk about it in a negative way or we talk about it in a really individual sense of like people try to manipulate you to feel guilty and you shouldn't which is definitely like an experience of guilt that is completely valid and happens, but um, especially when we talk about in a social sense, um, guilt can be experienced by the individual, right? And that's like centering individualism, but it can also be felt by uh, a community and a society. Um, So especially when there's moments, historical moments, that have happened where it seems like a specific community or society has done something that has been really harmful to another group, the whole society and the community can have a guilt around what's happened. Even if individually, they weren't necessarily doing the deed, they're a part of it and somehow. And so you know, guilt is important, actually, in having an uh, understanding of how we affect others and being conscious of our decisions and our actions. And so without guilt, there wouldn't be really a clear sense of responsibility for one another, which is like when the community aspect comes And some people don't feel guilt at all and they just continue on living their lives how they live it without really thinking about how their actions affect other people. But like with everything in life, guilt, there must be a balance and there must be kind of, and there's also a spectrum when it comes to guilt. And so you don't want it to overconsume you, but you also don't want to completely detach yourself from feeling anything. And so this is where white guilt is also on that spectrum. There's white guilt about how with colonialism, colonization, and um, oppressive systems, especially due to the rise of white supremacy over centuries of white people who, who now are part of the main demographic of whiteness because whiteness is shifting and it has shifted so much over the years. So some people who were not considered white a hundred years ago are now considered white and they're a part of the community has manifested white guilt. When we talk about these atrocities that have happened to a lot of people of color and to other marginalized identities, you can see that there's a lot of white guilt. Um, And I think it's the acknowledgement of like, this is terrible and I'm a part of this group and I haven't necessarily even, either my ancestry has been a part of these actions that have happened or they've been a part of not saying anything or doing anything or trying to shift the narrative. And so with that though, something that I I see happens with white guilt when people of color are sharing their lived experiences and they're sharing their pain and they're sharing their trauma and white people are there, the white guilt, Manifests as another way to center white feelings. And so, you know, in all my healing containers, I try to make it clear that my work and my spaces center Black and Indigenous healing first. It's not that it decenters anyone else's healing, it's not that it's you know, pushes aside other people's healings. It's not that it doesn't value other people's healings, but it centers black and indigenous femme healing first, because our healing is just always, always dismissed and not valued by anyone. And so sometimes that can feel because white healing and white emotions are usually centered in any space that you really enter. That can feel very destabilizing, and it can feel really uncomfortable. Um. And so, white guilt can be such a insight of like how that person cares about their own actions and wants to do better, but it can also lean into that person taking up space in order to pacify their guilt because guilt can be a really overwhelming feeling. And I have so much empathy for that, I really do. But sometimes in my spaces, I have to consider what's more important to me Is it valuing and centering black and indigenous healing at this time or centering white guilt and the feelings in order to make them feel better? And almost every time I center black and indigenous healing and it can feel harsh, it can feel rough, it can feel abrasive (laughs) because we're not used to doing that. And there was a point at the retreat where that happened. Um, And, you know, I'm really attentional too. Like I really think things Over. I'm an overthinker, number one, but I I really do try to think things through and think about things. Also, because I've been socialized to do so as a Black femme living in America, you have to question and think about everything. And so, because of that, you know, I do think about these things really, really in depth. And I understand, again, I have empathy for how overwhelming guilt can feel, but also I think it's really important for us to analyze our guilt, and especially if we're part of a group that has enacted harm on another, think about not how the guilt feels, but how we could, first of all, tap into the emotion and understand it, understand why it's coming up, because the guilt arises for different people in different ways for different reasons also question if the white guilt is another form of emotional violence, not only against the person who's feeling it, but against the people of color in the space. Because people feel bad when other people feel guilty. When I'm being honest, especially to white people about my alleged experiences and how I've been hurt. I'm not doing it to make them feel bad or make them feel guilty. I'm doing it for two reasons. One, I'm doing it to express myself because my ancestors were never allowed to express themselves. They were either faced with death, with um, alienation, they would face with so much harm. And two, I do it because usually I do it because I feel safe enough in that white person's presence and I want our relationship to be authentic. I want it to be genuine. And with really close friendships I have, I do vocalize that and I'm really, really thankful that like (laughs) all my white friends are super understanding Um, as it should be, but also they don't place their guilt in front of my expression, right? Like, We can have a conversation and I can, I can explain how frustrated I am with like white supremacy and whiteness, but also I think it's because they don't take on the individual individualism of it all and they realize that it's a system. And it's a system that individuals make up and individuals can help shift, but nonetheless it's a system and I understand that and I don't know if this has to be said, but I'm going to say it white people, people of color. Black people, indigenous people aren't looking to make you feel bad when we talk about these things. But not talking about it makes us feel bad. And we used to have to center white feelings against our own feelings. And many people are tapping into their divine rage and no longer doing that. But that doesn't mean that we are attacking you and wanting you to feel bad about certain things. Like when I talk about my, my when I talk about anything on this podcast, when I criticize white supremacy, when I criticize socializations that center whiteness, I'm not individually like coming for you, <laughs> really I'm not. I'm literally scenting myself when I talk about it. I speak out about it because it affects my life greatly. It disrupts my peace. It has created trauma for me. And the only way to shift these things is to talk about it, is for people to be conscious of it, is for people to realize what's going on. So I really feel like, you know, I can, I can understand where people come from when you can see the guilt is coming up because as humans, we've all experienced guilt, but the thing with white guilt is that because it's an extension of whiteness, it often at times takes up the space And so the healing of the black and indigenous and person of color is usually put to the back burner just to pacify the guilt that's arising. And that that is even more harmful. Not, and again, I said earlier, I mentioned that guilt can be positive. There's positive things about guilt like People feeling guilt means again, that they care about the community around them and they care about other people and it can be healthy. It can lead to change. Through an experience of guilt, we can feel empowered to break out of the socialization and white supremacy. And we can feel the urge to do better, which is great. Um, And so leaning into that, leaning into understanding understanding again the emotion and why it's arising and why you're feeling that way but then feeling empowered enough to break out of the socialization instead of centering your feelings of guilt and wanting to pacify not feeling guilty is the key to all of this is the key to you know I experience the guilt the shame the anger experience the embarrassment But that's fueling me to listen to BIPOC, to do better, to start speaking out, to start, you know, uplifting certain voices, to start putting boundaries around people who are treating other people terribly. That is so powerful. It's exquisite, It's amazing, I love it. That's the whole point of me talking about these things. Like I love when I see that click into people. Um, It doesn't have to be, oh, do you hear those birds? Sorry. It doesn't have to always feel so icky, it doesn't. We can once we acknowledge emotions we can then support ourselves and our emotional body and not feeling so overwhelming and so when white guilt turns into I just want to start stop feeling guilty it does the cycle of pushing it away having an illusion of comfort and then something happening again where the guilt arises again and then the cycle continues. And that gets in the way of indigenous sovereignty and black liberation. So white guilt can be great, can be harmful, but I'm just really, really thankful for all the white people, especially in my life, who have really understood that and have then centered my healing and centered our relationship rather than making themselves feel better and comfortable. Because comfort is an illusion, but that's another episode for another day. (laughs) All right, y'all, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for being in this space and welcome to Catalyst until next time oh we have to change the end because we can't say pretty intuitive until next time we have it around (laughs) we'll figure it out bye love you